Question 138 of Summa Theologica Secunda Secunde Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues The Virtue of Fortitude This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Secunda Secunde Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues the Virtue of Fortitude, by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 138. Of the Vices Opposed to Perseverance, in two articles. We must now consider the vices opposed to perseverance, under which head there are two points of inquiry. First, of effeminacy. Second, of pertinacity. First article, whether effeminacy is opposed to perseverance. Translator's note, effeminacy is here translated from the Latin molitiaes, literally softness. Objection one, it seems that effeminacy is not opposed to perseverance. For a gloss on 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 and 10, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, nor liars with mankind, expounds the text thus. Effeminate, that is, obscene, given to unnatural vice. But this is opposed to chastity. Therefore, effeminacy is not a vice opposed to perseverance. Objection to further. The philosopher says in Ethics 7.7 that delicacy is a kind of effeminacy. But to be delicate seems akin to intemperance. Therefore, effeminacy is not opposed to perseverance, but to temperance. Objection 3 further. The philosopher says again in Ethics 7.7 that the man who is fond of amusement is effeminate. Now a moderate fondness of amusement is opposed to eutropelia, which is the virtue about pleasures of play, as stated in Ethics 4.8. Therefore, effeminacy is not opposed to perseverance. On the contrary, the philosopher says in Ethics 7.7 that the persevering man is opposed to the effeminate. I answer that, as stated above in question 137 articles 1 and 2, perseverance is deserving of praise because thereby a man does not forsake a good on account of long endurance of difficulties and toils, and it is directly opposed to this, seemingly, for a man to be ready to forsake a good on account of difficulties which he cannot endure. This is what we understand by effeminacy, because a thing is said to be soft if it readily yields to the touch. Now a thing is not declared to be soft through yielding to a heavy blow, for even walls yield to the battering ram. Wherefore a man is not said to be effeminate if he yields to heavy blows. Hence the philosopher says in Ethics 7.7 7 that it is no wonder 
If a person is overcome by strong and overwhelming pleasures or sorrows, but he is to be pardoned if he struggles against them. Now it is evident that fear of danger is more impelling than the desire of pleasure. Wherefore Tully says, under the heading, True magnanimity consists of two things. It is inconsistent for one who is not cast down by fear to be defeated by lust, or who has proved himself unbeaten by toil to yield to pleasure. Moreover, pleasure itself is a stronger motive of attraction than sorrow, for the lack of pleasure is a motive of withdrawal, since lack of pleasure is a pure privation. Wherefore, according to the philosopher in Ethics 7.7, properly speaking, an effeminate man is one who withdraws from good on account of sorrow caused by lack of pleasure, yielding, as it were, to a weak motion. Reply to Objection 1. This effeminacy is caused in two ways. In one, by custom. For where a man is accustomed to enjoy pleasures, it is more difficult for him to endure the lack of them. In another way, by natural disposition, because to wit, his mind is less persevering through the frailty of his temperament. This is how women are compared to men, as the philosopher says in Ethics 7.7. Wherefore those who are passively sodomitical are said to be effeminate, because womanish themselves, as it were. Reply to Objection 2. Toil is opposed to bodily pleasure. Wherefore, it is only toilsome things that are a hindrance to pleasures. Now the delicate are those who cannot endure toils, nor anything that diminishes pleasure. Hence it is written in Deuteronomy 28, 56. The tender and delicate woman that could not go upon the ground nor set down her foot for softness. Thus delicacy is a kind of effeminacy. But properly speaking, effeminacy regards lack of pleasures, while delicacy regards the cause that hinders pleasure, for instance, toil or the like. Reply to Objection 3. In play, two things may be considered. In the first place, there is the pleasure, and thus inordinate fondness of play is opposed to eutropelia. Secondly, we may consider the relaxation or rest which is opposed to toil. Accordingly, just as it belongs to effeminacy to be unable to endure toilsome things, so too it belongs thereto to desire play or any other relaxation inordinately. Second article. Whether pertinacity is opposed to perseverance. Objection 1. It seems that personacity is not opposed to perseverance, for Gregory says in his commentary on Job 31 that pertinacity arises from vainglory. But vainglory is not opposed to perseverance, but to magnanimity, as stated above in question 132, article 2. Therefore, pertinacity is not opposed to perseverance. 
Objection to further. If it is opposed to perseverance, this is so either by excess or by deficiency. Now, it is not opposed by excess, because the pertinacious also yield to certain pleasure and sorrow, since according to the philosopher in Ethics 7.9, they rejoice when they prevail, and grieve when their opinions are rejected. And if it be opposed by deficiency, it will be the same as effeminacy, which is clearly false. Therefore, pertinacity is nowise opposed to perseverance. Objection 3 further. Just as the persevering man persists in good against sorrow, so too do the continent and the temperate against pleasures, the brave against fear, and the meek against anger. But pertinacity is over-persistence in something. Therefore, pertinacity is not opposed to perseverance more than to other virtues. On the contrary, Tully says that personacity is to perseverance as superstition is to religion. But superstition is opposed to religion, as stated above in question 92, article 1. Therefore, pertinacity is opposed to perseverance. I answer that, as Isidore says in his Etymologies 10, a person is said to be pertinacious, who holds on impudently, as being utterly tenacious. Pervivacacious has the same meaning, for it signifies that a man perseveres in his purpose until he is victorious, for the ancients called vitya what we call victory. These the philosopher, in Ethics 7.9, calls ischirogonomones, that is, headstrong, or idiognomenes, that is, self-opinionated, because they abide by their opinions more than they should, whereas the effeminate man does so less than he ought, and the persevering man as he ought. Hence it is clear that perseverance is commended for observing the mean, while pertinacity is reproved for exceeding the mean, and effeminacy for falling short of it. Reply to Objection 1. The reason why a man is too persistent in his own opinion is that he wishes by this means to make a show of his own excellence, wherefore this is the result of vainglory as its cause. Now, it has been stated above, in question 127, article 2, first reply, as well as in question 133, article 2, that opposition of vices to virtues depends not on their cause, but on their species. Reply to Objection 2. The pertinacious man exceeds by persisting inordinately in something against many difficulties. Yet he takes a certain pleasure in the end, just as the brave and the persevering man. Since, however, this pleasure is sinful, seeing that he desires it too much, and shuns the contrary pain, he is like the incontinent or effeminate man. Reply to Objection 3. 
although the other virtues persist against the onslaught of the passions, they are not commended for persisting in the same way as perseverance is. As to continence, its claim to praise seems to lie rather in overcoming pleasures. Hence, pertinacity is directly opposed to perseverance. End of question 138 Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.